Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. Well, welcome, welcome to church. I'm really glad that you're here at Renew Life. I want to kind of give you just a quick announcement before we jump into the message. Um, by the way, my name's Keith, if you don't know me. My name's Keith. There you go. There's my introduction. Okay. Um, but hey, next week, you probably know this, next week is Easter. And um, I just want to encourage, I want to first invite you to our Easter service. It's going to be an amazing time. We're actually going to have um, professional photographers here to take family pictures for you. So you can bring your family all dressed up in your Easter best and um, they'll hook you up with a really, really good photo and make you look good. Even if you feel like you're ugly, they'll make you look pretty. Okay, so like four of y'all maybe think that. Okay, um, well, the rest of y'all think, well, I'm actually really good looking. I'm, I like that about you. I like that. Um, but they'll be here. And, um, but really what I wanted to tell you is I, I've, I've always felt this way. I, I believe there is an anointing in this time to invite people to church. When it comes to Easter, there seem, it's, it's, it's as if God puts his hand on the earth and he, um, and he softens people's hearts. And people who would never say yes to church, who would never say yes to your invite, who would, who would, who would be um, scared to come, for some reason, they, they come to Easter. Maybe that's because they're afraid what would happen if they don't come to Easter, but they are, they're, they're open. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so I want to encourage you, if there's ever a time where you're going to step out in faith and you're going to invite, um, I, I've seen it work time and time again. This is the week to do it. So I just want to encourage you, invite just one person. Come on, say one person. Just invite one person. Invite that neighbor that you never talked to. Invite that coworker that you like a lot. Um, just that person that, that person that needs some church, you know what I mean? Um, invite them to come and, and join us for Easter. It's going uh, to be an amazing time here. All right, let's, um, let's just jump right in today. I'm really excited about today's message um, because today I want to talk to you about living by the Spirit. I want to talk to you about living by the Spirit. I have really good news for you today. If you're a believer here, you're sitting in those chairs and you believe in Jesus, um, the good news is that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Did you know that right now, today, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you? You have the Spirit of God living on the inside of you. If I could get Pentecostal for a second, you have the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is actually alive and in you right now. Not because of a feeling, not because you think he may or may not be, not because you feel he may or may not be. The Holy Spirit is in you because Jesus said he would send his Holy Spirit, and when you accept him, he would gift you with the person of the Holy Spirit. When you believed, you were given a gift. Let me say it again. When you believed in Jesus, you were given a gift. You were given a lot of gifts, but the main gift that he actually gave you was the gift of the person of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to know today that when Jesus gave you the Holy Spirit, he gave you the Holy Spirit for a reason. Did you know that you actually have the Holy Spirit for a reason? That he's actually there to do one thing. In fact, it's actually his name. The Holy Spirit was given to you to help you. Would you look at your neighbor today and say, you need help? <laughs> look back at that person who just said that to you and say, I know, get off my back. <laughs> the Holy Spirit was given to you to help you. You might be asking the question or wondering, well, what does 
he helped me with? Got a really good answer. Everything. He helps us with everything. Any situation we come into contact with, any person we come into contact with, any circumstance we're going through right now, any hard time, any good time, the Holy Spirit is there to be your helper. He's your advocate. He's your counselor. He's the one who guides you into all truth. I'm, I'm believing today that more than, than anything else, more than that you actually even learn today, I'm believing that before you leave, you will be awakened and become more aware that the Holy Spirit is alive and is speaking to you even right now. He is in you, and he is here to help you. You know, I, I think many of us as, as believers, we grow up in the church, especially here in Lubbock. We're kind of in the Bible Belt, and we, we, we grow up going to church. And, and kind of the way that we approach life, the way that we approach our Christian walk, is we, we kind of have thoughts like, man, I just I need to do better. I need to be a better husband. I need to be a better person. I need to be nicer. I need to be kind. I need to be more gracious. I need to somehow have more wisdom when it comes to parenting my kids. And we, we, we kind of think this way. We, we, we read our books and we, we come to church and hear messages. And, and can I just say, all that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. All that is some of the things that you should be doing in, in, in a way, some of the ways you should be thinking. But I want you to know today that in the new covenant of grace, in the, in the new covenant that, we, that, we've called, that we've been called to live in, this new system that God put in place after Jesus said it is finished on the cross, he's actually called us to live in this new system called grace. He's called us to live by the Spirit. He's not called us to live with a mindset of, oh, I need to do better. Oh, I need to get it all right. Oh, I, I must become perfect. No, I, I'm not saying in and of those selves that that's a wrong thought. But our first thought, the emphasis that Jesus actually gave in Scripture was not for you to have a, a better relationship with rules and regulations than you do with the Holy Spirit. What he came and what he left on this earth, what he preached through his apostles, was a way of living where you follow the word, yes. Do you, are there, there are the things that Jesus taught that we should follow that are rules? Absolutely. But not without the help of the Holy Spirit. Did you know that the, even the new believers, the new believers, that they actually did not even have the word of God? Think about it. After Jesus died on the cross and he rose and went, went to heaven and all the, the disciples went around sharing the gospel, they didn't have these books that we have today. You know what they had? They had the Holy Spirit. And God actually added to their church daily. There were 3,000 people that got saved in one message. Wish that could happen to me. There was a, in other words, there was amazing things that happened without the word of God because they had the Spirit of God. They were aware that the Holy Spirit was in them. Now, I can kind of feel like you're, you're, you're looking at me like, you, you should probably read some scripture right here, Pastor. Okay, I'm going to. Here we go. Romans chapter 7. I'm going to prove what I'm talking about is actually in there. Romans chapter 7, verses 4 through 6. And I, let me just give you this. I just feel like I need to give a disclaimer before I go any further today. In no way am I saying that we don't follow the word of God. Are you hearing me today? As I, as I talk about the Spirit. In fact, the Lord shared this with me. Guess, what the word of, guess who the Word of God was inspired by? The Holy Spirit. 
So the word is the Holy Spirit. You're hearing me today. Okay, there's my disclaimer. Let's go. Romans chapter 7, verses 4 through 6 says this. So my dear brothers and sisters, this is the point. You died to the power of the law. You died to the power of having to obey every little thing and get your life right and become perfect. You died to the power of the law when you died with Christ. And now you are united with the one who was raised from the dead. As a result, we can produce a harvest of good deeds for God. What is Paul saying here? He's saying as a result of your salvation, as a result of being united with Jesus, he's actually given you the ability to produce good works. It's actually been put on the inside of you. You've been given the ability to do good deeds for God. Verse, uh, verse 5, when we were controlled by our old nature, sinful desires were at work within us, and the law aroused these evil desires that produced a harvest of sinful deeds, resulting in death. But now we have been released from the law, for we died to it and are no longer captive to its power. Now here's a verse I want you to grab a hold of. You ready? Now we can serve God. Not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way. Come on, say new way. But in the new way of living in the Spirit. Now we can serve God, not in the old way of obeying the law, but in the new way of living in the Spirit. So today I want to title the message, I Have the Helper. I Have the Helper. Would you pray with me? Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for this moment where we can come and just get in your presence, get in your word. We thank you that it's alive, that it's powerful, that it speaks to us. Oh, Lord, and and right now I'm praying that that, that you, Holy Spirit, that you'd become so aware, that people become so aware of you. You become so um, out there um, where they can't think anything but you, about you. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just lead us today, that you'd lead us in your word, that you'd guide us into your truth. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. 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 Question for you today. Do we have any independent people in the room? Raise your hand if you're independent. I'm going to wait until people start telling the truth. Any independent? All right, if you have any kids, any independent kids, raise your hand. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We have some independent, independent kids. We, uh, we have kids actually raising their hand. They're like, yeah, I am that, that kid. Um, you know, whether, whether we would admit or whether we, we are, we'd consider ourselves as an independent person. Every single person has probably said these words, have said this phrase, I can do it myself. I can do it myself. I remember the first time that my, uh, my, my firstborn son, come on, they need extra prayer. Um, our first, my firstborn son looked at me and said, I can do it myself. We were living in Amarillo at the time. This was probably four or five years ago. So he was probably about four or five years old. And, and um, we were, it was kind of a slow day. We went out into the backyard and I taught, I was teaching him the good old fashioned game where you take a ball and you throw it on the roof. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It's the best game ever, right? What, what you may, maybe like, I don't know what you're talking about. You take a ball, you throw it on the roof, you watch it come down, and you run and catch it. You say, that doesn't sound like fun. It's actually a lot of fun. <laughs> it's actually amazing, especially when you're bored. 
And so I was teaching him how to, how to play the game where you throw the ball on the roof and you play the pitches or whatever. So I'm, I'm, he's, he's four or five, and I'm coaching him through it. He's kind of running all over the place. You know, he's, he's overselling. You know, he's like, oh, it's coming over here. And it's, I'm like, it, it starts to be a little bit of a disaster, and I'm, I'm trying to coach him up, and, and I just can't leave him alone. And I'm coaching up every little thing. It's an issue that I have, and, uh, and I'm, trying, I'm just trying, I'm like, if you're going to be, like, I'm an expert at the roof game. So my, as my son, as a prodigy coming up in the world, you need to be an expert at the roof game so you can teach your kids and pass it on. Okay, I'm, I'm going too far with this. Um, but here, here he was, and he got, after about two or three minutes, I, I, I'll never forget, he looked at me, and he said, I can do it myself. And there was something that happened to me in that moment where I was like, okay. Okay, Hot Rod, let's see. And I remember I took my lawn chair, I set it right in the middle of the lawn, and I sat down, I said, fine, go at it, son. I'm here when you need me. What happened next was nothing less than a full-blown spaz session. Um, the first thing that I thought was, surely I gave him better genes than what I'm seeing right now. I thought I was more athletic than this. And why did this not get passed? Lord, why did this not get passed along to my son? He should be better. He's literally running all over the place. And, um, and just honestly, just kind of making a fool of himself. And I'm sitting there watching him. And as I'm watching him, I'm, it's almost like I'm, the Holy Spirit's talking to me during this time. I'm sitting there thinking, like, I literally can help you with everything about this, this, little, this little game we're playing. I've got all the answers. I can help you. I can teach you how to catch it. I can teach you how to throw it. I can, I've got all the answers. But he, was, he wanted to do it himself. He wanted to go out and just kind of figure it out himself. But there was a, a, finally a point where he came to where he kind of broke, and he turned to Dad, and he looked at me, and he said, Dad, can you help me? Some of you might see where this is going today. I believe that many of us, we live our life, we try, to, we try to live this life, we try to, to find the truth, we try to go about our finances and go about our marriage and go about our relationships, and we're trying to do it ourselves and figure it out ourselves, not ever realizing that there is actually an expert, and he's not just sitting in the room, he's actually living on the inside of you. He's an expert at anything that you're going through. He has every single answer you're looking for. He has every single solution that you need. His name is the Holy Spirit. But you know what he's waiting on? He's waiting for that same moment like I had with my son where you actually turn to him and say, Holy Spirit, will you help me? Holy Spirit, can you help me? Holy Spirit, I don't know what I'm doing here. Can you lead me into truth? Can you show me which way to go? Many of us get in conversations with people and we get faced with some hard, some hard situations. Do I have any people in here that, that you, just people just come to you for answers? They come to you for solutions? They come to you to get advice? No one. Okay, well, we'll raise you up in here. No, I'm looking at you. I know you're here. There's people that come to you. Did you know that the Holy Spirit wants to help you give good advice? Did you know that there's actually a place where you can get to when it comes to living by the Spirit? You can actually sit in front of somebody, and as they are talking to you, it's almost like you're hearing them with one ear, and the Holy Spirit's talking to you in the other. 
And as they're asking about adv- some, for, for some advice and asking for direction, it's not, it's, it's not a, just a wisdom that's on the inside of you, but it's the Holy Spirit that's beginning to, to say things about them and to move them in the right direction. See, what I want you to get today is that there's a way that we can actually live where we actually live by the Spirit. We live out of more than just a place of intellect, more, more than just a place of the word that we know, more than a place of just the the success that we have in our life or the experiences that we have. We actually have the Holy Spirit with every single answer. He's made available on the inside of us to actually help us in anything that we ever face. Now, I know as I'm saying this today, you already know this. But today is not about you knowing this. Today is about you actually tapping into this. Just like the story that I told You'll never actually hear the Holy Spirit unless you lean into him. This relationship that you have with the Holy Spirit, can I just tell you, it is a relationship that actually involves you inviting him in to your situations. The Holy Spirit, it's been said of him that he is a gentleman. How many of you have ever heard that statement, the Holy Spirit's a gentleman? What that means is the Holy Spirit will never just come barging through the doors of your life to say, do this, do that, tell them this, do this, go this way. But what he will do is he will wait outside that door, and if you'll just creak it open just a little bit, he'll come in. But he's looking for us. He's looking for us to invite him. He's looking for us to say yes. He's looking for us to turn to him. Um, do, do I have any golfers in the room? Any, anybody like, like to play golf, like to watch golf? Okay. I, uh, I, uh, as I was studying this week, I kind of, th- this analogy really, really helped me when it, come, when it came to living by the Spirit. Um, I want you to think of, uh, and just, just forgive me for, for this analogy, I want you to think of the Holy Spirit as your caddy. He's that person that walks beside you. And when you get on the green and you're looking, I don't know if that's breaking right or left, what do you do? You turn to your caddy. Well, none of us actually are professionals that have a caddy. But if you did and you had a caddy, you would turn and you would say, what do you think? When you're out in the fairway and you're about to hit this shot and you're at the certain yardage, you look at your caddy, what club do I need to use? When it comes to living by the Spirit, it actually looks very, very similar to that. It's you're walking through life, and here you face a situation, and you turn and say, Holy Spirit, what do you, what do you think? What do you think? I'm getting weird vibes from this person. <laughs> what do you think? Oh, you want, me to, you want me to love them? You want me to care for them? You want me to pray for that, that ankle that's hurting them? Oh, you walk into a building, and you, you notice that, and you, or you walk into a room, and you notice there's one person that isn't fitting in, that isn't feeling comfortable, and you recognize it, can I just say, Holy Spirit's talking to you. He's talking to you. Hear me, we are not that good. We're not that good of a feeler. We're not that, we're not that good at paying attention. That's actually the Holy Spirit. And he's leading you, and he's nudging you. And when you walk into that room and you feel that person's uncomfortable, you lean into the Holy Spirit and then, what do you, what do you think? I'll go talk to him. Mm. Holy Spirit. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, I want you to go talk to him. I want you to make him feel at home. Okay. 
And here's the best part. He won't just say, hey, go do that. He'll say, ah, I'll go with you. And he'll actually walk alongside you. And when you get into the conversation, you don't love them with the kind of love that you have. You love them with the love of God that is on the inside of you through the power of the Holy Spirit. When you have a teenager, I don't have one yet, and they're starting to get interested in boys and starting to get interested in girls, and they want to date this person, this is where we really need the Holy Spirit. And we say, Holy Spirit, is that guy, is, is, is he okay for my, my little girl to date? Or is that girl okay for my son to date? I'm just trying to make this really, really practical. Holy Spirit, what are you showing me about this? Is it time for them to date? Oh, I know all the rest of the kids are doing it, but should I wait a little bit longer for my kid? There's actually nowhere in Scripture where you can go and it says, all right, Jackson Knoll, yep, he needs to wait till he's 15 and a half before he starts dating. You can't find that here. But you know where you can find it? Here, in the Holy Spirit. Living by the Spirit. When you have a kid, your, your kid runs to you and, and asks you, Dad, Dad, can, can, I, can I go stay the night with so-and-so? You don't immediately say yes. You think about it and you lean into the Holy Spirit. Because all of us know things happen when you go spend the night with other people. Y'all are too churched in here. I know what you did when you went and spend the night with someone else because I did it, all right? That's when you get into trouble. That's when you do things with your friends, right? You, 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 know, you kind of go out on a limb and do different things. Why? So you lean into the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, is it time? Is this okay? And you know what? Sometimes you can say, yeah, go for it. And the next time you say, you know what? Not this time. This is what it looks like to live and flow. And, and is this making sense to you? Live by the Spirit. We're actually called to live by the Spirit. Not, we're not just called. We're actually designed. We are designed to live in and by the Spirit. John chapter 15, if you, if you turn there. Uh, I'm sorry, John chapter 14. This is Jesus talking. I love what he says about the Holy Spirit. It says this in, in, in verse 16. And I will ask the Father... And he will give you another advocate. That word advocate actually means helper there. That's another way to translate that. So it, it, notice too, is it here? Is it capitalized? Look how it's capitalized. This is a name given to the Holy Spirit. This is actually who he is. It's his name, helper. His name is advocate. He will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. Everybody say all. He leads into all truth. And guess what? This word in the Greek, all, it means all. All means all. He leads into all truth. Which means this. He leads into the truth of the scripture. He, leads, he can even lead you into all truth in your business. When you're making a business decision, he can lead you into truth. When you're making a job change, he can lead you into truth. He leads us into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him. I want to say that to you today. But you know him. Because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Skipping down to verse 26, it says, But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you. Here it is again. He'll teach you all things. He'll teach you all things. 
and will remind you of everything I have said to you. I love this word advocate in, in Scripture. It's actually the, the Greek word is, is parakletos, which means defense attorney. It can be translated as your defense attorney. Here's, here's another definition. It means one called to stand next to you as a helper. One called to stand next to you as a helper. I'll, I'll tell a quick story, and then I want to give you five or six ways that you can actually live by the Spirit. But this happened to me about two or three months ago with um, Dan, who actually came up and did ministry time, which he did an amazing job, by the way. Uh, me and Dan, he's, he's uh, I don't know if you can tell, but he's not from Texas. I'm not sure if that was evident or not. He's actually from Switzerland, which is way cooler. Um, so we, we, we met over the last six months, and, and uh, we, we went skiing at Wolf Creek together about two or three mo- months ago. He's a really, really good skier, and um, so we decided we were going to hike up the mountain and go to the backside bowl. So long story short, we hike up, and we get on one of those, um, those cats that actually take you the rest of the way. So I'm sitting on the cat. Well, Dan is holding a rope getting on his skis, getting pulled by the cat, and he's got his phone out, and he's filming the whole thing, right? Well, when we get up to the top to actually go down the mountain, he looks around, and he's lost his phone. Cannot find his phone. There's, there's snow everywhere. I mean, we're at the very, very top of the mountain. So <clears throat> he decides he's going to go halfway back down and start looking for it. I was <clears throat> trying to be a good friend and a good Christian, but I knew if I actually went back down, I actually wouldn't be able to get back up because I almost threw up on my hike. Okay, well, we'll leave that over there. So I'm like, I'm like, the Holy Spirit's with you, man. Just go, you know, you got this. So he went down, he looked for it, came back up, nothing. So we're up there and like, man, this is this, this just stinks. Like, what are, what are we going to do? And, and finally we just, we just stopped and we're like, you know what? Let's ask the Holy Spirit. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to help us find the phone. It's, it's a bright orange phone. So it's not just laying on top of the snow. We would have seen it. And we're, we're, we've got a, I don't even know how many, I mean, as big as this room, an area to look for this phone. So we just literally stop. And this is the patented Holy Spirit help me move. You ready? That's when you don't know what to do. Just put your hands out and be like, Holy Spirit, help me. Now, I want to encourage you. Don't do that in public, please. All right? Just, just keep your hands. Okay, anyway, so we were up there. All right, Holy Spirit, help. And begin to look around, and, and Dan, no lie, he walks over, walks over to a spot about 10 feet away, and he kicks once, twice, three times, and kicks his phone up out of the snow. Kicks her right up out of the snow. We're pretty sure, we don't, we don't have any evidence, we're pretty sure the cat actually ran over the phone and buried it. It was completely buried. And we were just, I, I remember when it happened, because we were just, I was jacked. Like, I was like, oh! And I ran, and I tried to tackle him. I don't know if you see how thick Dan is. It was not a tackle. It ended up just being a good little man hug on the mountain. That's actually what happened. I hit him, and we just stood up, and I was like, well, I guess we're just gonna, we're gonna front hug right now. That's what we're gonna do. And uh, we were high-fiving each other. The, the, the cat came, was bringing more people, and Dan's, like, starting to evangelize. He's like, man, when y'all left, I lost my phone, but the Holy Spirit showed us where it was. And they were looking at him like, we're in Colorado. You've been smoking something, all right? <laughs> like, they were just, they could not, but we could not believe it. It was like one of those moments in my life that I'll actually never forget. Where it wasn't the Holy Spirit leading me in Scripture or any revelation, no. He actually just helped because he cares that much even about the little things of life. And he's on the inside of us, and he's made available to us to help us in everything. 
So I want to give you today, I want to give you six ways. Um, how do we start living in the Spirit? Um, if you have a phone, these, this will be a good, a good time to, to take notes and um, to write these down. Because I really do, I, I believe they'll really help you. Because this is the way that we are called to live. So how do we start living by the Spirit? Number one, believe that you are led by the Spirit. This is actually where it starts. It actually starts with you believing. Come on, say believe. It actually starts with you believing that you, will, you already are led by the Spirit. Galatians chapter 4 says this, When the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subjected to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the, the Spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. If you need help believing that the Holy Spirit's actually in you and that you're already led, take this scripture, Galatians chapter 4. Read it every day and begin to declare over your life, I'm led by the Spirit. I'm led by the Spirit. He gave me the Spirit of God. That actually ties in to point number two, uh, the way that you start living by the Spirit. Say that you are led by the Spirit. How did we receive Jesus? We believed in our heart and we confessed with our mouth. How, are we, how do we begin to get led by the Spirit? We believe in our heart and we confess it with our mouth. This is how we obtain things in the new covenant, things of God. We believe and we speak. I can just even hear the Holy Spirit um, reminding me of this. <clears throat> if I could be really transparent with you for just a moment, I've always considered myself not one of those people. I've always seen Holy Spirit people. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Our church language here? Oh, that's, that's definitely, uh, that, that lady over there, she's a Holy Spirit person. And you know what I'm saying. I always considered myself not a Holy Spirit person. That's actually not scriptural. You know what I began to believe and begin to say? I am a Holy Spirit person. I'm very much led by the Spirit. I hear his voice clearly in a stranger's voice I don't follow. See, I begin to actually believe it in my heart, and when I begin to confess it, I actually begin to become aware, oh my gosh, the Holy Spirit's been speaking to me this whole flipping time. We believe, and then we say. Number three, read Scripture. Read Scripture. You want to know what the Holy Spirit's saying? If you don't really feel like you're hearing him, he's saying whatever you read in that word, he's saying. He inspired it. In fact, I would say this. The, the Holy Spirit will never actually tell you something that doesn't line up with Scripture. If you ever feel like you hear something, but it doesn't line up with Scripture. If you, if you hear something, it doesn't line up with the character of God, with the love and the, and the nature that, that God has. It's probably not the Holy Spirit. But the more that you get in Scripture, the more that you begin to learn His characteristics, the more you begin to learn His Word, the more He'll begin to point you in that direction. He'll begin to point you in that direction. Number four, y'all ready for this one? Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. You say, what is praying in the Spirit? It's praying in tongues. Believe that the Holy Spirit actually gives you a prayer language. He actually blesses you with a gift, and it's your prayer language. It's, 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 it's tongues. It's, it's scripture says to pray in the Spirit at all times. It says to build yourself up on your most holy faith by praying in the Spirit. You want to know how we live by the Spirit? 
want to get, get, get into a way where we start living by the Spirit? We pray in the Spirit. It actually gets us in tune with Him. If you have more questions about praying in the Spirit and praying in tongues, talk to Braden. No, we can help you if you have questions about that. I'd love to talk to you about that. Number five, <clears throat> this is kind of the, the basis of my message. Turn to him in situations and in decisions. Turn to him. Just, I want you to think about on the inside of you. you. Here you come up against a decision. Here you come up against a circumstance. And before you move forward, before you take a step forward, you do this. Holy Spirit. You invite him in. Invite him into every decision. The word says, acknowledge the Lord in all your ways and he will direct your path. It's actually talking about the Holy Spirit there. Acknowledge him, bring him in. Turn to him. And then number six, set your mind on things of the Spirit. Set your mind on things of the Spirit. Romans chapter eight says this, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Hear me today. Will you leave that scripture back up there, please? Romans chapter 8. When we set our mind on things of the Spirit, that's actually how we begin to live by the Spirit. Sometimes you can read this scripture and you think this, you actually think this. You think, well, if I was living by the Spirit, my mind would be on things of the Spirit. This is what we do as believers. We're like, well, I read this word. I know what my mind is on. I'm honestly, I'm obviously not led by the Spirit. I know what I think about. I know what I worry about. I know how I live my life. I'm obviously not li living by the Spirit. No, no, that's not what this scripture is saying. It's actually the opposite. He's saying, set your mind on things of the Spirit and you'll begin to live by the Spirit. Set your mind, your thoughts on His Word, on His ways. Set your minds on things above and not the things of this earth. You begin to set our mind on the things of the Spirit. What are the things of the Spirit? Well, the fruit of the Spirit is a great way to start. Love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. And when we begin to set our mind on these things, what will happen is his spirit will begin just to flow through us. Actually begin to live by his spirit. So if you would, will you just close your eyes, bow your head. I, knew I, I know I threw, threw a, a lot of information at you today, but I... <clears throat> I just want to take a moment. I just want to simplify. I want to simplify this message. <laughs> when it comes to living by the Spirit, it is as simple as you turning to Him and saying, Holy Spirit, help. Holy Spirit, help. Did you know that in the kingdom, in the kingdom of God, there's actually never a moment, there's never a situation where you should ever have the thought or the attitude, I can do it myself. You never have to have that thought again in the kingdom. You never have to do it yourself because Jesus is giving you the Holy Spirit that will never leave you.
Instead, from this day forward, for those of you who have said, who have the, that mentality, I can do it myself, I want you to change that phrase to, I have the helper. Not I can do it myself, I have the helper. I have the helper. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.